Welcome to episode eight. Wait, it's episode eight, right? Episode eight. Episode eight of the Fantasy Game Theory Podcast. I'm your co-host, Graham Barfield. And here with me is my good friend, Jake Rickrow. Jake, how are you doing this evening? Doing fantastic, man. I've been uh, making my plans for Vegas. You know, the uh, high stakes drafts. If you, if you get in early, you get a nice discount. So uh, FFPC, staying at the Westgate Hotel in Vegas. It's the drafts after the Thursday night game. I don't know if you can do that. But no, uh, uh, so whoever, some guy will go off in that Thursday night game and, and it counts for week one. So He's going to uh, get overdrafted no matter what. Oh, yeah. Like a couple few years ago, Kevin Ogletree had two touchdowns, like 100 yards. Oh, my God. Yeah, I remember that game. He went like the fifth, sixth round. And I think he had six touchdowns total in his career. <laughs> yeah, Kevin, Og- Kevin Ogletree, that game, he had like 90% of his fantasy points for the season in that one. <laughs> Anyways, I'm fired up for Vegas, man. I'm going back. I, I know you've never done the high stakes thing. 1650 bucks entry fee. You want to go to Vegas? I'd love to, man. I'd love to. The thing is, is I'm a college kid and I don't have any money. <laughs> I understand. I get it, man. <laughs> next year, though, next year when you graduate, you gotta you gotta come out to Vegas. All right, I, I definitely, I definitely will for sure. At least for the start of the season. For week one, I hear it's crazy. It's it's a lot of fun. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, speaking of preparing for things, Jake and I have decided to do a uh, kind of a brief overview of the 2016 running back class. And um, we both kind of agreed. And I think there's kind of a general consensus out there that there are four top running backs in this class um, in no particular order, Derek Henry, Zeke Elliott, um, uh, Kenneth Dixon, and CJ, CJ Procise from Notre Dame. And um, we're just going to kind of talk about them tonight and kind of go through our general feel for the top four guys. We're going to kind of stay pretty high level um, and not get too deep into the class. Jake, uh, how does that sound to you? Sounds great. Let's, let's get after it. All right. So we, we kind of decided before the show, we'll, we'll start with Derek Henry. Um, he's, he's the most interesting player in this class, bar none. I've tweeted um, recently that I really don't think that there are any objective or subjective comparisons for Derrick Henry in pretty much every facet of his game. I mean, he's 6'3", 247, so right there, he's a complete outlier just in terms of weight and size. Um, the, the guy ran a uh, sub four five, or excuse me, four, a sub four five five forty, giving him a ninety sixth percentile speed score. Um, I mean, he had forty three percent of Alabama's yards and rushing touchdowns in his college career. Anything over forty percent uh, dominator rating is ridiculous. The thing I'm worried about is and now just because I'm mentioning this doesn't mean he can't do it but the thing I'm most worried about for Henry I don't know if he has any passing game chops Jake uh, how, how do you how do you feel about Henry and I, I think you mentioned you were a little worried about his receiving ability as well no that's my biggest concern too because I I'm not interested in drafting Alfred Morris types I want those receptions um, especially with the draft kill, you're likely to pay for a guy like this um, you know when you've been playing as long as I have you look for comps on guys and he, did, he reminds me of Brandon Jacobs. Yeah, he's probably the only guy that's comparable, you know, just a big bruising back. Um, I, I think he's really interesting, though. You know, like, we kind of talked about the Von Miller comparison. Now, his measurables were identical to Von Miller. I mean, how 
how is a running back have the same measurables as a linebacker? They're both six two and five eighths on the combine, two forty seven. Von Miller's two forty six. They ran an identical forty, and their vertical was thirty seven inches. That's crazy that he could have those kind of numbers, especially after Von just won MVP of the Super Bowl. I just, it's just interesting. That's all. I think landing spot, which is super important, obviously for a running back. Um, it's going to affect how he plays out, but um, I think you called it, man. I, I don't know how to categorize this guy at all. Yeah, that's that's the thing is I think people feel very uncomfortable uh, watching or just looking at Derrick Henry's numbers. Uh, Matthew Friedman of uh, Fantasy Labs and Rotoviz has called Derrick Henry the Terminator, and I feel like that is a very apt uh, comparable for him. I mean, he's just. I mean, you watch him run downhill and he just, he just smashes people, man. I mean, he, I think, uh, Bo Jackson, uh, Eric Stoner, who goes by at Bo Jackson on Twitter called him the ATAT. Do you watch star Wars Jake at all? I do. Yeah. He's an ATAT. I mean, you go, you, you have to go for his legs. You cannot go for his upper body, man. I mean, he's just, I mean, like you said, there are no, I mean, you mentioned Brandon Jacobs, but the thing about Jacobs was, I mean, he was 20 pounds heavier, one inch taller, and he had a speed score of 123.5, which pr- pretty much breaks any speed score measurable. So, I, I mean, I, I hear you about Jacobs, but he was 20 pounds heavier. And I, I just don't think anyone is ever going to find a good objective comp for Henry. I mean, he's just in a class of his own in a lot of different ways. I mean, the guy ran... The guy ran for 147.9 yards per game in his uh, in 2015. That's just it's just sick. <laughs> I, I agree, man. It's the, the Alabama thing makes me a little nervous too. But this watching Von Miller play running back is going to be fun to watch. <laughs> <laughs> watching Von Miller playing running back that's that's super interesting for sure. All right, so I mean, I think we both agree that Henry is probably the most landing spot dependent back in this class. Um, I mean, it's just, it's going to be so, so dependent. He's going to be really dependent on what he can do on first and second down. That's not to say he won't ever be a good fantasy player or a good, or even a top 12 PPR back. Uh, but I definitely don't think he's, um, as ambivalent to landing spot as someone like Ezekiel Elliott is and Jake, I'm in love with Ezekiel Elliott. As you should be. Um, I, everybody loves him. I don't, I don't know how much, uh, what else we can say about him. The, the, the biggest thing for me on Elliot is I've, I've heard a couple times, read a couple places that he is one of the best pass blocking running backs to come into the league in years. And to me, that caught my attention because running backs that can pass block are going to see the field early and a lot. And that's, um, it, it's just one of those things with teams. They have so much invested in these quarterbacks that they can't let them get hurt. And so they got to have a running back that can pass block. And if, if he can do that well and do everything else well, I, I mean, the sky's the limit. Funny you should mention the, uh, the pass blocking aspect, Jake. Without giving too much away, I am starting a pretty big project. Um, and let's just say that Zeke Elliott has, right now, of the games I've sampled, he has a 100% pass blocking efficiency score. He has not given up or Olaid one pass block execution in the games I've sampled. 
Wow. I mean, what's that worth to a team? It's, it's huge. Right. I, I think you nailed it. He's going to be able to play all three downs. It's, I mean, he, I have some numbers here. So he had two or more receptions in eight of 13 games in 2015. He had a hundred plus rushing yards in all but one game. Uh, and to put that in kind of just a college football perspective, he's one of three players in the past three seasons that have 12, 100 plus yard, uh, rushing yard games. Kadeem Carey and Melvin Gordon are the other two in the past three years. And he's one of just eight to have 12 plus games with hundred plus rushing yards since 2000 um, back to back 1800 yard seasons at Ohio state. He can do it all, man. He, he's easily, easily the one Oh one. And when it's all said and done, Todd Gurley probably went to the worst landing spot or one of the worst landing spots possible. And well now Los Angeles with Fisher ball, Jeff Fisher, <laughs> But objectively, pre-draft wise, I think Zeke Elliott is a better draft prospect than Todd Gurley. I, I totally agree, and let's just hope and pray he goes somewhere where they're going to throw it to him all day long. <laughs> oh man, it's so frustrating. Like they just would, Nick Foles, Case Cam, they just wouldn't throw to Todd Gurley, and he's good in the pass game. And he There's really is. Yeah, it's, it's that's so head scratcher. I, it's one of the reasons why I don't think Gurley should be drafted ahead of uh, Bell in, in, in redraft leagues because he's just not getting those targets, yeah. those receptions. Um, I heard Adam, this is from Adam Harstad at Football Guys. I, I can't claim this stat, but I think it's awesome. And basically, a running back reception is worth two to three times carries. So two, it's worth two to three carries in a PPR yeah. league. And, and that makes a lot of sense when you got guys like Danny Woodhead who finished his top five, you know, he had 70 plus receptions. That's like getting an extra 200 plus carries, right? you know, and multiply it out. So when you get, and that's why Freeman was such a baller. Um, Cause he had so many receptions last year. You know, when you, when you catch 75 balls in a PPR, your goal that I saw Ben Gretsch um, tweeted out this stat. He said, if uh, uh, Devontae Freeman had it at 0.0 yards per carry, he'd still be the, the running back seven last year which is pretty amazing and and you know going back to zeke i I think he's gonna see the field he's just got his best shot as any rookie running back we've seen in a long time to to produce right away because of everything we just talked about right yeah real quick jake i think we'll both agree but do you you think he's the consensus 101 no matter what no matter what where he goes i do i i think it's ezekiel and uh everybody else like there's a huge tier drop off behind personally in this class right i i agree completely i I think he's um there's pretty much no way i could get off zeke at the 101 i felt very strongly about Gurley as the 101 last year um and even you know even after mark cooper went to oakland and kind of unlocked a trevor trove of opportunity and targets i still kind of maintain that uh but anyway yeah i think zeke is no matter what uh, my 101 this year. Now, here's a different question for you, Jake. Um, Ezekiel Elliott is currently uh, going 31 overall in MFL 10s. And to put that in perspective of four guys we're going to be talking about tonight, uh, Derek Henry is going 72nd, uh, Kenneth Dixon is going 132, and CJ Procise at 188. Do you think Zeke is worth a top 35 pick? I think he is. You know, Gurley was uh, going in that range last year, too, and he lived up to it. So, um, and even took it even took Gurley three games to get right. 
Right. Right. And, you know, coming off an ACL, all that stuff, they, they definitely, um, and most rookies do that, you know, they're slow to get going. I mean, even David Johnson didn't put together what he did until midway through the season. Look what he did with a full season. Yeah. So, that, he did that in spite of Bruce Arians. Bruce Arians put every roadblock. He put Andre Ellington and dead legged Chris Johnson out there for David. <laughs> yeah. And he still did it. So <laughs> yes, I think he's well worth that pick. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I, I think, I think there's equity there no matter what I, I think. Gurley kind of was sneaking up into that range once everything started checking out in August. Um, started rolling by and we got, you know, really positive news about his knee. Um, so, yeah, I think Zeke is, is well worth the top 35 pick this year in NFL 10s and redrafts. All right, Jake, you have anything else you want on Zeke or can we move on to another guy? Let's move on. He's a beast. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's talk about one of my kind of personal favorites and someone I'll always kind of hold near and dear to my heart for future reason. And that's uh, CJ Procise um, out of Notre Dame. I, I really like this guy. I mean, he's going to be, he's not going to have the draft capital that, um, you know, Derek Henry and Zeke Elliott have. Zeke Elliott's probably going to be a top 15 pick. Henry, I think it'd be a shock to see him go outside the top 50. So I think Procise is going to go behind those two guys. I'd be very surprised if he uh, leaps ahead of Henry. But uh, with all of that said, uh, he's got an 87th percentile speed score, 60th percentile burst score. Um, he was actually a former safety in high school. And I don't know, I, don't, I haven't seen this really widely talked about, but he was actually a slot receiver in 2014. And 2015 was his first year playing running back. Um, yeah, I mean, that's that's the biggest knock on him. He only played uh, one year. Well, the other knock I hear is he played behind a, um, an NFL caliber O-line, you know, in Notre Dame. But, uh, you know, 14 and a half yards per reception, uh, that's awesome. I love stuff like that. And it, you see what Duke Johnson just did. I think he could step right in the right situation and could produce, you know, being that good in the passing game. And even if he's just a change of pace, change of pace type guy, with those kind of chops, um, he, he could be sneaky. Yeah, I agree. I think he's, he's going to be sneaky for sure. And actually, I, I actually think he can be a three down player. He had some of the best rush efficient rush efficiency marks that I, uh, I kind of tally. So he was, uh, he's currently third in the class and first percentage of gains, uh, excuse me, percentage of runs that gained a first down. He, uh, topped the class in percentage of carries that gained 10 plus yards. So put that in perspective, 23.5% of Procise's carries in 2015 went for 10 plus yards, which is pretty ridiculous. He was also that's, that's, top, top in the class in uh, percentage of carries that went for 20 plus yards at 7%. Um, I think Jake and Jake and I, and a, a lot of really smart people in the dynasty community kind of agree with this is like, if you don't have the 101 to get Zeke or you don't have the 102 to get Doxon or Treadwell or kind of whoever you, you prefer as the, as the top wide receiver in this class, I think the smart move is to kind of just trade back into that 108 to maybe, you know, 204 range and trade your 103 or 104 and just move back. Um, because there's, there's going to be just a, a gold mine either, you know, someone we'll talk about next and Kenneth Dixon or, you know, now precise. There's going to be a lot of really good value in that range. I agree. You know, I ended up with the one Oh three because I traded away some depth and uh, 
I, I may end up doing just that because I think there's some steals later on. Yeah, no doubt. I think process is going to kind of hang out in that range. And uh, the next guy we're going to talk about is Kenneth Dixon. And I don't know how much you've watched of, uh, of Dixon, but man, he is just, he's sick. Um, so uh, of one game at West uh, against Western Kentucky that Dixon played, this game is one of two that's on draft breakdown this year um, just for Dixon. But he, he forced 14 missed tackles on 28 opportunities in one game. He made, he made a missed tackle on 50% of his rushes and targets in one game. I mean, I, I realize that's an incredibly small sample, but he's just, he's insanely elusive. I, I realize he didn't have the best uh, workout, uh, excuse me, combine metrics. He ran a four, five, eight, but he does not play slow at all. Um, he actually had a 77 percentile burst score. Burst score is, uh, it basically, uh, it, it uh, combines a vert and broad jump to measure explosiveness. He, uh, he's insanely explosive. He's got really great lateral agility and start, uh, start stop ability. He can catch passes out of the backfield. I'm a little concerned. He's definitely not a three down type like Zeke. And I actually think pro size can be, but man, he's electric with the ball in his hands. Yeah, you know, the thing that stood out to me is, is he's got 87 touchdowns in his college career. That's stupid, right? Yeah, for sure. And on that on that touchdown point, like Kenneth Dixon, nine point six percent of Kenneth Dixon's rushes went for a touchdown last year. I mean, I realize that the competition level uh, is not great at Louisiana Tech for sure. Um, but yeah, he, he's he's definitely got some some some. I, I think upside for sure. Uh, he's going after ProSize, I believe, in um, in rookie startups right now. Actually, uh, yeah, actually, he's going at the 109. So he's going before ProSize. I was wrong about that earlier. Um, and objectively, I kind of like him in, in terms of just like before we get landing spots, I like him more than Henry. And I know that might be like kind of shocking to, to some but just in terms of translatable skills, we talked about it a little bit earlier. I mean, he can catch the ball, and he's so damn elusive. Um, I like him a little more than Henry in the sense that he he projects well as a player that can catch the ball out of the backfield. Um, and for that reason, I, I think he's going to be a value. I'm on board, man, for sure. All right, Jake. We're gonna take it to another uh, take it to another level here, and we're gonna let you kind of ramble on about some rookie odds, and more specifically about the rookie running back odds. And I think you actually have just recently updated one of your, I would say, one of your best pieces that you've ever done. Um, and you looked at rookie uh, running back, wide receiver, and tight end bust rates in rookie drafts. Uh, Jake, is that right? Did you update that info? Yeah, well, it's right that I uh, have that piece. Thank you. But I have not published it. Um, I'm still in the process of updating all the information from that. But the results haven't really changed from last year. So we can go over those. Um, basically, what are the odds over the last five years of uh, rookie picks hitting? And when I say hitting, it means uh, producing in the top 24 PPR, running back wide receiver, or top 12 quarterback tight end. And um, it's pretty interesting stuff that I don't know if the dynasty community as a whole realizes how low 
these uh, odds are, these draft picks actually hitting. You know, the first round was about a 50-50 hit rate. Um, and that includes guys like Trent Richardson that just had one big season and, uh, as we all know, fell off a cliff. So, um, you know, while there are A.J. Greens and Julios and Des Bryants out there, um, not all draft classes are equal. Not every class is like the 2014 class. And uh, draft picks don't always translate into um, success. Yeah, no doubt. And I think we kind of came off of a year in 2014 where there was a lot of bias. Um, it was probably an unprecedented, unprecedented season in the sense of the depth and the quality of the class in 2014. 2015 didn't necessarily fall on its face by any means. It had some very good producers uh, long-term and I think some upside as well um, with guys like Perriman, Kevin White, and Devontae Parker. But yeah, I think you hit it, man. I mean, the 2014 season was just kind of an anomaly. Um, I don't know if we'll ever see something like that in especially the near term. I'm not sure if this class has has the depth or the quality um, of the 2014 class. Is that fair to say? I, I don't know how much work you've done. Um, yeah, I, it is fair to say. I just, even the 2014 class is ridiculous that it was, it was only 11 of the first two rounds have hit. So it still hasn't hit 50% of the, the for the, the both two rounds. Um, as a whole, the second round going back to five years was only about a, a it was under 30%. So basically three out of 12 picks are going to hit. And that includes guys like Golden Tate and Emmanuel Sanders. It took several years, you know, four or five years before they actually started to produce. So I, I agree with that assessment. And I think people are swayed just by that 2014 class. Um, personally, I think we're going to talk about wide receivers on a different pod, but I think we're kind of maxed out at the wide receiver position. I mean, you look at the guys that are, Peaking right now, you you got your Dez and Julios and Antonio Browns um, that are right in the prime of their career, and I think they're going to be there for the next three, four years. And then you got like the new class, which includes the Sammy Watkins, Evans, um, Keenan Allen's of the world. Um, so I, I just feel like right now the wide res- wide receiver position, there's so much competition. We're all trying to get to the, the high score and top 24 guys and there's not a lot of room when you look at all the studs that are still in their peaks. Some of the older guys are still sticking around like Marshall and Fitz. Um, I just don't see, I think that this draft class um, looking at the ADP, like people are still drafting receivers and they, they got to pass up a lot of other great players that are already peaking right now to, to produce at a high level. And you look at the running backs and the, the great running backs are, are retiring like Lynch and, and Foster, you know, they're, they're falling off a cliff and there's a huge gap with the running backs. And I think that they, you could really take advantage in this class and some of these guys could emerge. I mean, you look at the, the young running backs and it's, it's Le'Veon Bell and David Johnson, Todd Gurley, and then there's just a whole bunch of other guys in between. So um, what do you think about that? That this could be a huge running back class and everybody's just overreacting to 2014 with all the receivers that have have hit in dynasty. Yeah. I think, um, in terms of depth, I think this class is kind of, we talked about the four main guys and I think there there could be an argument, uh, to make maybe for one or two guys to kind of surpass the four guys we mentioned tonight. But yeah, I mean, I I think it just kind of goes along the lines with 
wide receivers and their value in dynasty skyrocketing and also running back value plummeting at the same time. I mean, the only two running backs that I think everyone kind of feels 100% about right now are Todd Gurley and Le'Veon Bell and Le'Veon Bell is coming off another major injury. Um, but yeah, I think this class is, it, it's going to take getting guys like Dixon and Procise in the right spots and especially Henry. Um, but if they all, if they all hit the right spots and have the opportunity that we all want them to have, um, again, I mean, this is going to take, you know, another couple of weeks here for the draft and, and, uh, you know, we'll get into the full, the full season and kind of the analysis section of the, of the season. But yeah, I think, I think kind of right now before the draft, this could be a really, really nice running back class. And I think the one next year, um, and I know I'm getting way ahead, but the next year, next year, the 2017 class is going to be really good. And I think, I think there's going to be a pocket of running back value that is going to need to be mined for sure. And I, I think we're going to continue to kind of see those ADP outliers, not in the sense of the, you know, Devonte Freeman last year, but kind of like the late emergence of David Johnson, where it takes eight to nine weeks and then they hit um, big. Right. And uh, I could see something like that with pro size happening or, or Dixon too. I mean, it takes seven or eight weeks in the 2016 season and uh, then out of nowhere, they just blow up. Yeah. Well, let, let me give you some numbers on that. So there's been going back to 2000. So for that 15 years, there's been 33 rookie running backs to post top 24. So, uh, you know, basically two plus a year, um, pretty good odds. If you of going with a rookie rather than a wide receiver, there's only been 15 rookie wide receivers to hit over that same time span. So wide receivers generally known to it as rookies, but, uh, you got a much better shot with, with running backs. And that doesn't include guys like, uh, I don't know, Buck Allen was pretty usable for several weeks last year, you know, and he, he hasn't hit top 24 yet. So, and then you got these change of pace guys like Duke Johnson that just kind of sneak in because they, they're, they're catching 50 plus balls. So if you're looking for someone like that on your, your roster, you know, proceeds fits all of that and you can get him late. And this is how the rich get richer. The, the championship team is picking at 112 and he's going to end up getting a stud running back because everybody's going crazy for large receivers. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. And to that point, I mean, just in NFL tens right now, ProSize is going at 188 overall. I mean, that's, if he hits in the right spot, man, you're going to, you're going to get some huge value there. And I haven't done any MFL tens. Like I literally had to look that up this, this afternoon. Um, I own him on at least one because I was like, all right, I'll take a shot. Are you kidding? This late in the draft. And I did that with Buck Allen last year and that worked out really well. It's a big game. So it's not a bad idea to to pull the trigger on, especially this time of year with these, uh, these MFL tents. You can get some. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I think, I think kind of just speaks to the point that people are really kind of unsure about the unknown. And, you know, we, we won't have firm dynasty rookie ADP uh, until after the draft again, but I, I mean, just looking at it, I think Henry, I'm fine with Henry going at the 106 to 107 range in rookie ADP. But if you're doing a rookie draft before the an actual NFL draft, and Henry goes to a spot that's kind of ambiguous and doesn't have a great offensive line. I mean, you're, you're throwing out a mid first and 
I, I mean, I, I, I like Henry. I, I really do. I mean, I genuinely agree with Matt Friedman that he's, he's the Terminator and he's, he's damn good downhill, but I'm, I'm scared of his, you know, ability on third downs for sure. And I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. How, I really don't know how, how that value is going to work, but I definitely like uh, the Dixon and, and processes of the world. Yeah, I do too. And I just have a feeling, um, you know, I was looking at these draft classes and uh, ADPs and, and how they performed. And, you know, the 2012 rookie class was pretty bad. Um, you had a couple guys like Andrew Luck, of course, um, Doug Martin, who's only had two or four seasons in the top 24. And then you got Alshon Jeffrey, who was like a late first, early second. Lamar Miller, Josh Gordon, uh, he was a late second. And, <laughs> and that was it. I mean, the rest of the class is like a bunch of horrible picks. I mean, Ryan Broyles and whatever you think about Sanu, A.J. Jenkins. Um, Stephen Hill was in that class. He was a total bust. Um, you got Michael Floyd was an early round pick from that class, but he still hasn't hit the top 24. So it's very possible that this could happen in this class as well. And so, you know, maybe you should consider cashing out on some of this hype if you can get some, uh, some veteran players or yeah. take advantage and get multiple picks. Cause your odds are much better hitting with, with two picks rather than one. Right. Right. Yeah. And I think it's, I agree uh, in the sense that you can carpet bomb the play this year. in, in my opinion is, I think, you know, we mentioned this, but the play this year is going to kind of carpet bomb, that 108 to 212 range and just see how many bullets you can fire into there because pretty much anything after Zeke and Doxon and Treadwell and, and uh, I think uh, Leontay Carew is going to kind of slip, slip up there and Corey Coleman, we'll talk about the wide receivers in the next pod. But yeah, I, I think there's a lot of ambiguity after Zeke. Yeah. I'm, I'm telling you, I, I really think that there's going to be some great running backs emerge just because there's just such a big hole. I mean, I'm looking at the, the the dynasty running back ADP and Thomas Rawls is the number seven running back. Um, and he didn't really play the full season. So, yeah. you know, a lot of these rookies could be just as good as that, you know, but TJ Yeldon's the number 11 running back. Carlos Hyde, we haven't seen a lot from him. You know, Deanna Lewis is the number 13 running back. Um, same thing. We didn't see a lot there too. It just feels like there's a big gap at the running back position. And, um, it can be filled with this draft class there. You know, we'll, we'll talk about this more in the off season for sure, Jake, but I think you're hitting on something that I think everyone's going to be kind of late to discover that there is a huge, huge pocket of running back value out there. Like it's, it, it's going to be, it's going to have to be filled by somebody. I mean, there's just, there's just no way that this time next year we can sit back here and say, yeah, we only feel good about Todd Gurley. I mean, I, I just have a really hard time believing that. Right. I, know, I know that the league is trending way past happier and teams are running less and all of that, but that means that translates to more fantasy points via receptions. And we saw Danny Woodhead last year post top five numbers and he's like 30 years old. <laughs> wow. <laughs> So true, man. And you got the same thing with Carl Sims and just a bunch of who popped into the top 24. I mean, it, there, Carl there, Sims wasn't even a starter by a long shot. Yeah, there's big value to be had. All right, Jake. I think that's going to do it for this episode. So with that, thanks for listening, everybody. 